What's up guys welcome to Professor Edit. This is your host Awais. This podcast is about all sorts of stories. Stories about people's day to day lives, problems and incidents. Okay let's get started. Enjoy. Story 1. Am I the asshole for taking my ex-GF off my insurance policy to force her to give me full custody of my daughter? Me and my ex-GF, Haley, have one daughter 15F. L. I genuinely don't know if I was right to do what I did. Around 4 years ago, Haley had a very bad accident that ended with her being wheelchair bound. This caused her to develop a lot of resentment towards me. She would get angry if I worked out or played any sports. So, I stopped doing anything physical mostly. We tried counseling for a year and things didn't improve. In the end, we broke up. Ever since Elle was born, I took out a private insurance for me, Elle and Haley. This helped out a lot when she had her accident. Post breakup, I still kept her in my insurance because she couldn't find any work and I knew if I dropped her from the insurance, she wouldn't be able to afford any treatments. It's been 2 years since then. We have 50 over 50 custody, so I don't pay any child support. In the beginning, I kept a very keen eye to make sure that she didn't resent Elle like she resented me. She didn't, so I relaxed. She is still on that insurance because she is not able to find any job except welfare. I wanted both Haley and Elle to be well, so I kept the insurance. Half a year ago, when Elle came to stay, I noticed that she was very depressed and had gotten very fat compared to before. Nothing overweight. But Elle does ballet and I have never seen her put on that much weight. Turns out Haley forbade Elle from doing ballet because Haley used to do ballet and Elle is just trying to rub her face in it. The same for any physical activities like sports or exercising. With the quarantine, it must have been hell to live like that. L pretty much broke down and said that for the past few months, things have been escalating to the point that she is scared to walk inside her own house. She just stays in her room and comes out only to eat. L just begged me to go to court so that I can get full custody. L is at an age where her opinion matter in court, but it's almost impossible to get 100% custody in my state unless I can prove incompetency, according to my lawyer. So, I dropped her from the insurance. Elle was supposed to stay with me for the next 6 months. Haley couldn't get a job. She wiped out her savings as she had to pay for all her treatments. It was getting to the point that she couldn't even afford to get basic things for herself, let alone Elle. I also applied for sole custody. Given her financial situation and the pandemic and Elle's preference, the judge gave me full custody with supervised visitation for Haley. Haley didn't have a good representation at court due to her financial situation. Also, there is a pandemic going on. I left an already vulnerable person without any medical insurance. I know I did what I had to do to protect my child. But I did so by taking advantage of the medical expenses of a disabled woman. Elle is happy. Haley obviously thinks I'm a manipulative bastard. Everyone seems to have mixed opinions am I the asshole here? Also, dropping her from my insurance was completely legal. I'm not from US. Now you heard the post, here are the replies of readers. L just begged me to go to court so that I can get full custody. At this point, there are no rules or obligations or important factors outside of this one right here. Your child begged to get out of their situation. You made that happen. That is what a parent does. My hat is off to you, sir. I pity the mother, but she did this to herself. NTA. NTA. 
Sue not the R. Your ex bullied your child into unhealthiness because she was bitter. She took her anger at her situation out on her own child, intentionally. You did a kind thing for her, even keeping her on your insurance after the breakup at all. She spat on it by damaging the one beautiful thing you had between you, your daughter. You protected a child. Protection of a child well outranks protection of manipulative narcissist. You did the right thing. You sound like a good person, so of course your conscience will weigh heavy. But rest assured, protecting your child was 1000% the right way to go. You trusted the woman to care for and love your daughter. She broke your trust. You don't owe her a damn thing. As a disabled person myself experiencing similar internal jealousies when I see people do things I used to be able to do, suwenta at all, even a little. You saved your daughter, plain and simple. You saved her life. You saved her mental health. And you saved your relationship with the person who should mean the most to you in the world. Good on you. Edit. Thank you for my first awards. NTA. She used her own resentment to punish your daughter for doing exercise. It's a shitty situation, but she was the one making your child unhappy for no benefit at all. And your absolute first responsibility is to your kid, not your ex. Now story 2. Enjoy. Am I the asshole for not allowing my sister to bring her service dog to my wedding? She was supposed to be a bridesmaid. She has a fake service dog. She says it's for PTSD from our childhood. We had an extremely normal childhood, and she has always been very attention-seeking slash problematic. She got the dog as a puppy and started calling it a service dog in training so her landlord would allow it. Now she has herself convinced that she actually needs this dog and that he is performing some kind of therapy for her. Problem is the dog is not a trained service dog. It barks, it will rub up against you and get slobber slash hair on you and scratch up your legs if it's excited. I'm getting married in 6 months. We were discussing wedding stuff, pictures, etc when she informed me that she would be bringing her dog and putting him in a doggy tuxedo so he fit in. I told her absolutely not. She went off on me and said that I was the cause of her childhood trauma and that she needs her dog with her. She won't be coming unless the dog can come too. I told her she was being ridiculous, that the dog isn't even trained and there is nothing medically wrong with her. We had an exceptionally normal childhood with great parents. We never financially struggled or anything like that and were never abused. She is now refusing to come to the wedding and trying to get family members to take her side. She is saying I'm discriminating against her disability, PTSD slash anxiety from a super normal childhood. I think the whole service dog thing is her way of feeling special, standing out and getting attention from others. She loves the attention the dog brings, and it's super obvious. The dog has its own Instagram FFS. I'm also worried that she will use the dog to steal the attention on my wedding day. She has done this at family birthday parties with the dog and other events. She literally needs people to pay attention to her and her dog. Am I the asshole? Because I don't want my sister's fake service dog on the altar with the bridal party for my wedding day. Now you heard the post, here are the replies of readers. NTA the proper terminology is an emotional support animal, so not only is she purposefully misusing terminology to take advantage, she's one of the people who makes it harder for those who actually need a service animal or ESA. I could go on and on. Tell your sister that, if she feels so uncomfortable standing in your wedding, that she can't be without her dog, it may be best for her that she not be in the party. 
call her bluff. Fuck that. Edited to ab there is no legal protection for Reese's beyond housing and air travel. You are under no obligation legal or otherwise to accommodate this. Esh. I do not agree with people having fake service dogs, especially ones that are not even remotely trained to do even simple tasks like backquote leave it or backquote sit. However, I really don't like how you are discrediting her mental health. You say she is fine, but do you know that for sure? Just because you had a backquote normal childhood does not mean that she isn't struggling with something. Just FYI, my brother would swear we had a normal childhood, but I have PTSD from things that happened to me in childhood. He doesn't know those things because we were 6 years apart and had different experiences. He was too young to realize some of the things were bad. No judgment because I don't like dogs masquerading as service dogs when they aren't official ones. Just wanted to say that she may have experienced trauma that you don't know about, so don't judge her on the PTSD. With regard to the actual day I can see why you might not want the dog there, and I do think it's a reasonable request, but the way you talk about her overall is pretty arish. If someone said I was the cause of their childhood trauma I'd try and get to the bottom of it instead of saying back quote your attention seeking. Now story 3. Enjoy. Am I the asshole for leaving in an Uber after my engagement party? My fiance and I got engaged a week ago, it was an absolute disaster, I never wanted a party, but my fiance's mom insisted and wanted to have the engagement party at a restaurant that is expensive to me and made my fiance pull money out of his saving account to buy a house just so she could show herself off to her family, she picked a restaurant of her choice. Invited her whole family while I was only allowed to invite mom and dad. She didn't even order meals until later because she was arguing about how her favorites weren't on the menu. Lied to my parents about food and said in her invitation join us in celebrating Jake and Sarah's engagement with desserts and champagne only. She said no kids but brought Sil's kids with her. She sat in the middle next to my fiance and they were both having a toast without me. I was feeling so uncomfortable and super pissed that I couldn't even hide it. My parents were the first to leave. They were upset. Can't blame them. It was awful. We were about to leave. My mother-in-law wanted us to give her a ride home because Bill left with his cousin. My fiance said sure next thing I knew. She got into the passenger seat. So tagged along and stuffed her kids in the back where I supposed to sit. I found this so damn inappropriate and humiliating. I asked my fiancé if he was serious. I told him I belonged in the passenger seat, but mother-in-law said I was being disrespectful and refused to sit in the back and threw some comments at me. I lost it, literally called an Uber and told them to go. My fiancé lashed out and called me crazy and told me to get in the car because I was embarrassing him. We yelled at each other. He refused to leave. I got in my Uber as they watched and went to my parents, cried my eyes out and refused to answer my phone to spare myself the shaming. It was awful, awful so awful that I regret not leaving early. I hate them all. They're treating me like trash. And I've heard it. I'm 24 and my fiance is 27. Edit to clarify that. 1. She took some of our savings for a new house and spent it on the party. 2. She sat in the passenger seat and wanted me to sit in the back. My fiance took her side and said I was embarrassing him. Now you heard the post. Here are the replies of readers. NTA. Why would you marry someone who allows his family to treat you this way? 
Sounds like he's more interested in his relationship with his mother anyway. The party was for the love of your fiancé's life. The problem, that person isn't you. NTA obviously, and you need to evaluate whether this is something you want to have governing your life going forward, because it will not stop. Your possibly future mill is making sure that you know your place in the hierarchy, and if she's the most important person at asterisk your engagement party, it's not going to change. NTA. And husband to be didn't back you up at all. Honey, it's not too late to change your mind. NTA. It sounds like your fiancé has a mama's boy complex. And please don't be one of those women who think that marrying him will make him shape up and be better about compartmentalizing his relationship with his mother. Nope. She'll be the third person in your marriage. It's going to be a three-way marriage with you as the least priority. Now story 4. Enjoy. Am I the asshole for not taking care of my disabled daughter? Throwaway account. Also please excuse my English. I'm not a native speaker. Some background info I, 41 male, have disabled daughter Molly, 11 female, with my ex-girlfriend Sarah, 37 female. This all started 12 years ago. Me and Sarah were together for about 4 years and we were trying to have a baby. After couple weeks of trying she got pregnant, and we were super exited. Unfortunately in her 4th month doctors told us that our baby is severely disabled and advised us to get an abortion. It was very hard on us. We started arguing a lot because Sarah wanted to keep the baby and I didn't. I said I don't want to spend my whole life taking care of a child and throw everything away, but Sarah didn't want to kill the baby. We argued about this every day. Eventually it became too much and we broke up. We still kept in contact with each other as friends. Couple months later she went into labor. I came into the hospital with her to support her. As the doctors said Molly was born severely disabled, they kept her in the hospital for a couple of weeks and then gave her to Sarah. She took her to her house and I visited them couple times. Within the next months I got a job offer and moved away to another city. Me and Sarah are still in contact and I send them money every month, but we meet each other very rarely, about once in two years. So now Molly is 11 years old. She is bound to a wheelchair and will never walk. She has a mind of a 3 year old and can't speak. Sarah left everything to take care of her. She is at home with her 24 over 7 because Molly is unable to do anything on her own. They get state contributions since Sarah can't go to work and I send them money. I have a wife now and two daughters, 5y.0 and we live about 4 hours drive away from Sarah. Sarah has called me last week saying that it's too much on her. She said she does nothing else than take care of Molly, and she is tired. She gave up on her career, bobbies, friends and everything. She asked me to start taking care of Molly as well. She asked if I could have her in my care at least one week every two months in the beginning, and after I know how to take care of her then maybe more often. I talked about it with my wife and we both agreed we don't want to take care of Molly. I apologized to Sarah and instead I offered to pay for a professional to take care of her or to pay some facility to take her in, but Sarah refused. She doesn't want a stranger to take care of Molly nor put her away in a facility. I feel really bad for Sarah, but I have a responsibility to my two daughters and my wife now. I talked about it with my parents and they understand and don't blame me, but I feel like I might be tar. Now you heard the post, here are the replies of readers. NTA. You offered to pay for a solution, which is very generous. 
I hate to say it but this is what she signed up for when she decided to continue the pregnancy. NTA everyone has the right to choose. You made it clear your choice on this pregnancy. She decided to do this not you. I'm sorry I think it's so morally wrong to have babies you know will only ever suffer. Nah. Sarah wasn't wrong to ask for help. But you weren't wrong to tell her that you can't take care of Molly in your home either. If you aren't confident in your ability to provide her the care she needs, it wouldn't be fair to Molly either. That said, I would encourage both of you to look into the resources available to help with Molly's care. There are in-home options available that Sarah may be more comfortable with. NTA at all. You made it clear that you wanted to abort and she was on her own if she didn't. Nobody can be forced to parent. You're also helping financially and offering professional care. This is, unfortunately, the consequences of her choice.